Welcome to this episode of Let's Chat. I'm your host, Chris Revel, coming at you from the Cat Cave in Warwick, Rhode Island. I'm in uh, my bedroom in my house. Uh, but this episode was recorded at the What Cheer Writers Club, the most wonderful place in the whole wide world. I absolutely love it there. Fortunate enough to make it, I was able to make it to the... Um, the Podcasters Club meetup that this guest is actually one of the people who uh, created the podcast club with uh, Maureen Taylor of Old PVD and Photo Detective Podcast. But this is uh, Denise. I don't want to butcher your last name, but Denise is amazing. Uh, and we'll talk about our story meeting on here. I want to just give a little context to the intro. So I was a little bit late to this, and I remember vividly, I was on my way downtown, and I was on Doran Street in Providence, for anyone who's aware, and there was like a fire, I was had a fire truck, was like in front of me, and then the it just stopped in the middle of the road, like where the fire was, was I think it was like, or fire farm, I think it was like, um, I think it was called Fortnite, not the game, but whatever it is. And there was no way for traffic to get around, and I literally just sat there for 10 minutes, and it was terrible, and I parked and ran so late, and I, like, 10 minutes, I really actually felt really bad about that, but Denise is so wonderful and so kind. So anyway, we kind of, we got started going, I, um, Denise is kind of helping me learn how to use some of the equipment, because I'm not the most familiar with the Zooms, and I get very chatty, and I just started talking to her in host mode, and fortunately she was like, "Do you, are you, are you, is this to be recorded or something? I don't know. Somehow she called attention to it very kindly. I was like, oh my god! So we uh, didn't miss much, but oh my god, how embarrassing would that be? Because I've, I've done podcast where either myself or the other person, just like an hour in, like, oh shit, I forgot to hit record! And they were kind enough to do it again. So, uh, Denise, thank you for doing that. Uh, Denise is just such a fucking force of nature, uh, if you I think it really comes through in this podcast. Um, we explain how we met, but uh, we're both part of this podcast, wonderful podcast, creative community here, and I, I, a lot of I owe a lot of it to the What's Your Writers Club, and um, yeah, so it's great to finally I've we've met, we've talked a bunch. I've done her podcast, Arclectic New England, but that was a little different. That was like a seven question, seven minute thing. Really fun episode. Please go check that out if you can. But this was different, like. I'm sure y'all have that in your life where there's someone you know, but you kind of just want to, like, need an excuse to sit down and talk for a long time, which is exactly what a podcast is, and that might kind of explain my personality a little bit. But anyhow, so great, and uh, Denise and I both had a hard out. We both had places to be. We had both had to leave, like, at one. And um, it's, like, 50 minutes, but I remember this. I'm, I really remember. There's a Maya Angelou quote. People don't remember what you said, but they remember how you feel, make them feel or something like that. I remember walking out of this podcast like, just really feeling something. I Man, Denise, I, I come from, she, I'm caught in the same cloth. I come from these, like, uh, my, 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 especially my dad's side, like these uh, folky Unitarian people. So um, Denise reminded me a lot of my dad, and she actually reminded me a lot of my Aunt Barbara, too. And so it was really cool to, like, kind of meet someone like that. And they're into podcasting and arts, and it's so wonderful. But Denise, I also want to say, is such an inspiration that, like, at 54 years old, just to fucking pick up and move to another city where you don't know anyone, or she knows someone, but just... I just moved from Providence to Warwick like seven months ago, and I'm still recovering from that. So, and I'm 35. So, so uh, make sure you check out her podcast, Art Eclectic New England. Uh, you'll hear some cool Portland, Oregon talk. So it's not just so Providence focused. Uh, she is a public radio host. 
but yeah, it's it's fun, really fun episode. I'm so glad. Thanks again to the What She Writers Club for having us. Uh, I have not been able to post as many episodes as I wanted, uh, like I once might have promised a couple episodes back. Uh, your boy went out and got himself a seasonal job at Target, and so scheduling's getting a little tough. And so still, uh, Anthony from Folly and I were about to record, and then he had a family emergency, so we're still working at the details. I will be a guest on the podcast. You could do it, do it. A podcast I fucking love. I uh, had such a good time doing with JP and Steve, and I really hope. Yeah, I hope I. I I'll just say I was like kind of like a pink fog, and it was a really good mood, and I just really liked those guys, and I felt comfortable with them, and I had met uh, Steve a couple times, and I was like, fuck it, and uh, so pretty vulnerable. That was a good episode. I haven't heard it yet, but they said everything came out great, so given year up for that. I was also recently a guest. This is already posted, but I was a guest on the Codex Prime podcast. Uh, Carl Victor, fucking awesome dudes. That was my first Facebook Live second thing. I know, it was really fun. Maybe it was my third, actually. But it was cool. Uh, maybe we should do more of that. Again, Denise and Maureen threw this wonderful event at the What's Your Writers Club. It was the podcasting... There's now a podcast club that you all can and should attend. I got to meet some future guests and cast um, old friends and got to see a lot of really cool people. So shout out to... Um, I got to see Jacob and Rob. Uh, Victoria was there. My friend Aaron. Oh, Aaron from Business of Soul Searching. Uh, oh, I feel like I'm missing some people. I'm so sorry, everyone. I f- forget your name. And um, also make sure you check out the Ro- podcasters of Rhode Island Facebook group that Denise and I are both admin in. You could, jo- you could join that. And uh, let's get to it. I've talked enough. <laughs> Recording. We are recording. Thank goodness. For, for those who missed, uh, I forgot to hit record for any uh, audio people <laughs> out there, which does happen. But thankfully, we didn't get too far into it. Uh, so we met at uh, the a- it was here at the What Shares Writers Club. Yes. I believe it was the podcast studio opening. Yes. And then again, and we met again at uh, our my good our good friend Jacob Holler had an AS220 meetup, which is another wonderful community creative arts space. And then it turns out then you just through podcasting and this community that is now thriving and is so wonderful to see. Um, and I'm just always kind of interested because I go to our friends on Facebook and I was listening to your episode of the Girl Smart uh, podcast, A Quality of Place, so produced by Victoria Pasinich. Um, <laughs> Shout out. That was so much fun to talk with her. Last night, I listened to it last night. I was like, Victoria, I was like, you're a really good podcast host. I'm like, I know you're not going to believe me because I'm your husband. Yeah. She's like, okay. I was like, but I listened to your earlier ones and like, you were good, but you said nervous, but like, you were like really good good and like very confident NPR and like I know she was like okay not taking the compliment because uh-huh. who I was but I was really really impressed with her yeah she was uh, very well prepared yes and there was um, Elizabeth Francis from Rhode Island Council 
of the, uh, for the, the humanities, humanities was also yeah. there. And it was a great conversation. And I know it's hard, you know, trying to make sure the levels are okay oh and that you're prepared and you have eye contact with your guests oh, and yeah. blah, 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 watching the time. But it just felt like a perfectly natural conversation. And it was somewhat great for, uh, for, for anyone out there who doesn't know, Grow Smart is a nonprofit organization my wife, Victoria, does the fundraising for. But and uh, but it was such a, having you in the humanities. Uh, I forgot her name. I'm sorry. Elizabeth. Elizabeth was such a good marriage of finding a, a smart growth and uh, the humanities and how they all tie together. Because I love art and I, I, my my personal passions tend to lean more towards the humanities. But I'm like I'm, I was thinking about it afterwards. I'm like, oh yeah. I mean, I love going to like a concert, but you need a road to drive on to get to the concert. Yeah. So I was really like, it point. was such a good marriage for that episode. But so uh, one thing I really found interesting is like this episode. I obviously want to hear about your podcast and mm-hmm. all of your great stuff. But I'm so interested in as you as a human being, like as an individual, because okay. you have this zest and love of life. Mm. I'm sure you get this from a lot of people. I thank you. Curiosity. I love that. I do have a zest for living. I am a very curious person. And that's been developed over the years. Um, I did, you know, we, we say we always go to our inner child or whatever of um, who we are in the world and there certainly have been times like everyone where it, you kind of take a dip and um, there Hello. was, yeah, and there was a period where I'd lost that zest mm. and it was a, a, a confluence of several things and I'll speak frankly and, um, you know, I was going through menopause So anyone who's a woman sure. or knows a woman who's going through that, it's quite a, a journey, but I bring it up because I had to navigate some depression and it came oh. <laughs> at the same time yeah. where I lost my job for the very first time oh, so in my career. Wow. And so, you know, all that stuff kind of piling on, um, it was really a rough time and it took me quite a long time to reclaim that zest and that mm. curiosity. And so thank you for giving me that feedback because yeah. I've been on that journey back on that uh, journey and it's great. Yeah, oh, I love I, I love exploring. It makes me love hearing that because social media can always present um, – it takes the worst thoughts that you have in your head and it puts it on other people. So, like, if I look at your Instagram, I know it's a snapshot of your life, mm-hmm. but it could be easy to be like, oh, Denise is always out doing fun, cool shit. Yes. And I'm stuck at home, blah, blah, blah. Which That's the problem with social media. I yeah. mean, I'm all about the social media. Oh, I, I love it. I'm not I'm not an anti, but there's yeah. I, I have to keep that in tracking. No one's like, well, this is a person who – this is a snap. Like, I went to Comic-Con on Saturday. I saw your and, photos. Yeah, and I had, like, a press pass, so I had to do, like, a lot of Instagram. Yeah. Loved it. Had so much fun. I was talking to my mom. Like, oh, you had so much fun. I was like thinking about it. I was like, yeah, but you only saw my Saturday Comic-Con. You didn't see when I worked a full day, my mm-hmm. regular full-time job. And then I worked at Target all day afterwards. And then that Sunday when I went back to work my like seasonal yeah. job and like dealing with the kids. Like, and nor should they. But it's just interesting to see because I did show a snapshot of my day at Comic-Con, which was incredible. Mm-hmm. But just remember that. But then I had to like, oh, yeah, there's a lot of stuff that wasn't incredible that isn't worth talking about online. And then I... Uh, you know, this is not my thing, but like Instagram mostly, um, but other channels, social media can do this, but they're highlight reels, right? Yeah. I mean, granted, I'm not of the camp like, oh, put all your bad crap out there. But where is there the space for that? You know, because we are, you know, multifaceted creatures. Yeah. And sometimes it's really fantastic. But, oh, I want to make sure I put the positive vibe out there and not really get sucked into the negativity. But I will. I was just talking to someone before I came over here. I had a coffee with a, a, a friend of mine. And I was talking about, you know, I tried to put, quote, 
real stuff on Instagram. Like I started reading that 1619 New York mm. Times special about okay. the first uh, boat who brought the first slaves over to the United States back in August 1619. Wow. And if you haven't read it, it is eye-opening to say the least. But in any event, I put a post about it on Instagram and I got no interface. Yes. <laughs> and it's like, okay, no one wants to talk about slavery. Okay, I get it, you know, in a sense. But it's interesting, mm-hmm. you know, how social media has a place in our life and how we use them. And do we get to tell it how we want to use it? Or really does it use us the way it wants us? to be it's just a very interesting oh, I, conversation been, uh, yeah i mean it's it's such a interesting it's a it's i mean it's a whole new world like i remember being a kid my brother and i always would talk about like my grandparents being like and they were like born in, like the 20s like how crazy is it that grandma saw like the car be invented yeah. i was like i was like we'll never know anything like that but then i'm like oh my god like we're i'm already i'm 30 only i'm 35 but now we're already having like the conversation of people complaining about um like Retro is now things that I remember, like talking about, remember flip phones? And at the time, this was like the revolutionary technology is already, and that was what, like seven, eight cycles no. it's ago a, It's of a, phones? a blink of an eye. It used to Ten be, years. I don't know the exact frame of it, but, you know, the development of technology took a generation. Mm. Now it's in the blink of an eye. Yeah, it's like, I mean, this is our industrial revolution. Like it's, it's I, you always read about that stuff. I'm like, oh, I wonder what it was like to live through No phones, no electricity, no reliable plumbing or, you know, whatever. I I mean, just think of the Internet as equivalent to, I guess, it's almost like the printing press, like being Mm -hmm. alive. Or um, what I like to use, I like to think of the Internet as more like a megaphone because I forgot the person's name. But the gentleman who had created the megaphone, like, um, had blamed himself for the Holocaust. And Mm -hmm. because after uh, the invention of the megaphone, there was a rise of authoritarian dictatorships. I didn't know that. That's fascinating. One of those, like, unintended consequences things of, like, of the flip side like the internet, like anything, it's a tool and it's a, a tool. It's like, like fire or fire or whatever. So it's a tool sometimes and tools could be weaponized. So it's interesting because I love the internet and don't want to live without it. But I also recognize it's brought a lot of not so pleasant things. You know, one year I went off of social media for wow. 12 whole months. Did you like it? I did enjoy it. I did. And it was fascinating because it wasn't like I didn't know what was happening in the world. But the intimacy of and the immediacy of sharing whatever's going on, it's like it's a knee jerk. Yeah. Instinctual thing now. Mm. And I remember when I made the choice. Okay, I am off. And back then, the only thing I was on was Facebook for a whole year. And like within 12 hours, I was at the grocery store and a 10-year-old boy was stabbed at the state at the cash register. What? And I wanted to reach for my phone and say, oh, my God, I'm at the da-di-da-da-di-da. And I'm like, wait, I'm not on social media anymore. Yeah. And it's so interesting. It's like, well, that's what I would use yeah. as a way to process, whether it's joy or fear or whatever. Yeah. That was my platform to share. And I'm like, but I'm not doing that, so what do I do now? It was really interesting. Yeah, when I was going through some depressive episode, I guess, you'd, or my depression stuff, uh, I decided when I got off Facebook for a while, which I did enjoy, uh, I decided that I was just going to start texting anyone I wanted to share something with that I knew personally. I was like, I just started making more of an effort to talk to my friends directly, which I do recommend to people. Like, So if like, oh, I'm gonna, if it's someone like you have a closer relationship mm-hmm. with and you have their number or whatever, I was like, I'm going to share you this article and we're going to talk instead of... But I, I'm on it back on. I use Facebook mostly for the podcast page. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it is kind of fun having like a stream of and, and being doing the podcast, especially like when I first started where it was just full focus on 
like had not, nothing to do with the region that I lived mm-hmm. in by any means. And I have all these friends I've met online that I've never met, but we would like just talk throughout the entire yeah. day at work and stuff. It's fun. But so you're uh, re- so you are from you're from Pennsylvania, but then so you were living I was, in Portland. I spent the first half of my life in Pennsylvania mm. and the second half of my life in Oregon. Probably about roughly equal. So this is my third, third chapter. chapter. Woohoo! In New England. What and brought you to Portland? So it was kind of fluky, actually. I was supposed to visit a friend in Croatia, and it was during the whole Bosnian-Serb oh, wow. conflict. And she couldn't get out of – she was in Bosnia doing some um, human rights commission work. Mm. Anyway, I couldn't go see her in the Netherlands. So I said, okay, I already had a notion I wanted to go somewhere far away. I'm like, well – I wasn't much of a traveler back then. And I said, well, I have an aunt and uncle in Oregon. Don't say Oregon. <laughs> it's Oregon. Um, and so I said, hey, Aunt Kathy, Uncle Doug. Oh, I'm making my thumbs like I'm texting. We weren't texting back then. Um, I I called them. I said, hey, I, I'm i thinking of coming out. I actually might have written a letter, believe it or not. Wow. Um, and I'm thinking of coming out to Oregon. <laughs> Could I come see you? And they said, great. So as soon as I get off the plane, they're like, it's Oregon, not Oregon. <laughs> I said, thank you. And within three days, fell in love mm. with Portland. Portland, Oregon in the mid-90s, way different than what it is now. So in any event, like three days in, in the meantime, I had met someone in Pennsylvania who was visiting her boyfriend who lived in Portland. I said, oh, come hang out with me in the Hawthorne District, right? So um, – Three days in, sitting up at the Rose Garden in Portland, Oregon, near the Japanese Garden for any listeners in Portland, and beautiful weather. Um, Pacific Northwest is known for its rain, and um, it had literally stopped three days prior I got there, and it was no humidity, which is, of course, bets off now with climate change, but it was pristine, gorgeous, green, Mm. lovely. And I said, that's it, I'm moving here. And that was just like, where did that come from? So that was June 1995. Pre-kids? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then um, I moved in. I left Pennsylvania, Ambler, Pennsylvania, um, end of September 1995. Where in PA is that? That's just near north. of. It's near Philly. Okay. Because I know Pennsylvania is so large and culturally. Yeah, southeastern Pennsylvania. And near, you know, Philly, Portia. Well, sort of. It's not that far. But, but, you know, it's just north of Philadelphia area. And so, yeah, I found a job, as it turned out, when I got there. I had a housemate when I got there. I drove cross-country with my friend Chris Miller in the little Nissan Sentra with a U-Haul trailer that was technically too big for the car. But we made it over the Rockies. Wow. and it was an adventure ever since. So I was there for like two decades and um, made so many important relationships. Mm. Um, I was briefly married to my daughter's father who I met there. And um, it was a phenomenal adventure, but it was time to go. Yeah. And I had had plans to move back east when my daughter graduated um, high school, mm-hmm. but she wanted to go to an independent school on the East Coast. So I said, okay, long story short, if you get in, I'll move. She got in, I moved. And I picked Providence, Rhode Island, sight unseen. And it was down to, do I move back to Pennsylvania because I have family and friends or do I have an adventure? Well, it was really a blink of an eye decision. I'm like, well, of course I want to have an adventure. And um, so I 
where's my adventure? I had certain lists of criteria, blah, 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 blah. And I landed in Providence. And it, uh, it's been a phenomenal choice. I love it here. Now, from just knowing you a little bit, so you kind of had that flip, though, like when you went to Portland, like as you were just talking, and then you had the, I get you got to have the opportunity again in Providence. Uh, one thing I really, really don't want in my own life is I don't want to go stale. I don't want to mm. be like out of it. And I, I look up to like whatever, like, from knowing you and you know, it's obvious you're older than I am, but it's like you're one of those people like you have those good qualities of mm. like. But like to be at that part of your life with a child, and you're like you had. I'm fifty four years old, and you're like I want an adventure. What do you, is it therapy, or is it just like life experience, or you just know, genetics? I think it ties into what we started talking about. It's really just finding that sense of adventure and curiosity yeah. again. I, you know, people say, "Oh, you're so brave," and I guess it did take courage to do. I'm not trying to knock that. I think everyone has that capacity, but really, it's just making the choice. And oh, that's so easy for you to say. Well, granted, it's easier for some people than others. But really, I am always an advocate, a cheerleader, a pushy broad when it comes to, you know, <laughs> if if you have a dream, if you even have a little blink of an interest, then do it, damn it. Just do it. What's the worst thing? Now, I'm saying this for my own thing, too. Yeah, of course. What's the worst thing? You could mess up and fail. Okay. Next thing. You know, and it's, it's very nonchalant. It sounds very nonchalant. I did a lot of work. I do a lot of personal development. I have done therapy. Mm. You know, so it's just, you know, some of us, you know, grit, right? Um, there's people who are growth-oriented, fixed mm. mind, all that stuff, neuroplasticity, neuroscience in a different life. I'd be a neuroscientist. I'm yeah. telling you that right now. But just understanding behavior and instincts and courage and learning from other people who've done it and taking little baby steps. Let me give you an example. I am like such a pull out the soapbox for women to just ask, okay? We women, and I won't go too far down there, but we women don't learn how to ask for what we need or mm -hmm. what we want, right? So there's a book called Just Ask For It, I believe, and then there's the science behind it, research to women scientists, and then applying you know, get your asking muscle up to speed. Yeah. And I that book changed my life. Oh, that's beautiful. And Have so, you ever told the author? Um, I did reach out to them to hopefully interview them years ago, and they were working on another research project. But, of course, I did thank them. And they have a whole series of exercises for you to do that and to flex your muscle. And it's just like anything, public speaking, whatever the case may be. At first, you're scared as all get out from, you know, mm. do it. But the more you do it, the easier it gets. So I am always asking. I mean, a recent thing, I went to get my oil changed, and they do, quote, complimentary car washes. Well, it was raining out. I'm like, I don't need a car wash, but I do need a vacuum. <laughs> so yeah. I said, hey, hey, as so I'm checking in, do you think you could do a vacuum instead of a car wash? And he said, oh, we don't have people to do that. I said, oh, okay. You know, started talking, yik, yak, 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 yak. The next thing I know, hey, your car's finished. By the way, we not only washed it, but we did vacuum it for it. I mean, you just have to ask. No, does it always work out that way? No, but I want to tell you more frequently than not, you just ask mm. and you don't have to be a bully. Like, oh, I don't want to be a bully. You're not being a bully. You're just asking, hey, can you pass me the salt? Or, hey, I would really love to do this job. I would love for you to hire me. You know, it's oh, just absolutely. interesting. It's really fascinating. Oh, no, that's so fascinating. It's true because it's, uh, 
it's just so in- it is so interesting like cuz it sounds so small when you're telling it but I can relate to that experience so much mm-hmm. like yeah it, it it's hard it is a strange thing cuz it's like different personality types so some people that might not relate to but if you're more just a naturally selfless person it could be hard to be selfish and it could be but then you're taught not to be selfish cuz that's bad and, now i'm going to yeah. push back on that i wouldn't use the word selfish yeah it's yeah you're right no it's not i mean in my word and i'm not i don't have a dictionary right in front of me but you know selfish is like at the cost of others yeah and taking care of your own needs is not at the cost no, of others. No, and see how easy it is to lump that. And I think no. the wiring is very easily. Maybe we should do a, another separate podcast. Oh, I could do an hour, like neuroscience and all <laughs> yeah. that stuff. Like, and I work uh, at for I work at Butler Hospital, so like, <gasps> yeah, and um, and just like the, my own experience, mm-hmm. I had like actually it was about a year to the day I just finished up doing EDMR therapy, uh-huh, uh-huh. which is a whole fucking weird world yeah. of like. I'll say that for another time, but yeah, yeah. it's it's yeah. it's pretty fucking crazy, and um, yeah, I love that stuff too. Yeah. So that yeah. to answer your question, I mean, you know, uh, life experience and new knowledge about life experience. I, I love that you could pinpoint it though. Yeah, yeah. Because I think think I like to think of life as a movie sometimes, mm-hmm. and you were having that moment, and if you're making the montage of Denise's the second act of your movie, mm-hmm. uh, you're reading the book, and all of a sudden you're getting the car, and then the last shot, Providence. <laughs> Oh, no, no, let's make it better. No. It has to be the big blue bug oh, from Dumb and yeah. that scene from Dumb and Dumber, clearly. <laughs> like, you're going to be behind the big giant car. Like, they're leaving and you're going the other way. Yeah. That's the only way that would work. Yeah. I would just, you know, if there's anything I share with people over this past 12 months, um, if you do have something you're interested in, please just, I would just, whatever, it's a baby step or a huge step, don't dismiss it and and try to hold on to some kind of sense of courage, like, I might even just tell my sweetie ha- sweetheart that I want to do this or just saying it out loud and and celebrating um, courage because I think it just is a muscle that yeah. we, we don't use that much. God, when you learn to like advocate for yourself, it makes all of your relationships better. Mm-hmm. You find yourself not like you don't even like deflect compliments anymore because you, you're my, my brain isn't default like, well, obviously they're lying because I would say that. It's like. Right. Okay, it's a you. lot of work, and it, there's all these little baby steps, little tiny yeah. little things that um, it's it is fun. It is fun to, to the behaviors and stuff, and I mean I. I, when you were talking about this on the uh, Quality of Place podcast, I also relate to that about uh, people who live here don't like Rhode Island. And all of us who move here, like myself, like I'm from Connecticut. Yeah. Uh, Victoria is from New Jersey. And, and she brought up her whole family moved up here as yeah. well. Yeah. And like we literally just sit around all night and have like a Rhode Island Providence celebration. Mm-hmm. It, this is such a beautiful state. It's yeah. such a beautiful city. Uh, the first time I came to a water fire, had never heard of water. I grew up in Connecticut, mind you, two hours away. No. You didn't go to Providence. Like it was just you didn't do that we had boston new york we could mm-hmm. visit there was not i don't really have many positive experiences visiting here i don't even know if i maybe once we went on a field trip to the mall for some yeah. reason in high school like i still <laughs> don't know why uh-huh. and um so i was like she's like yeah we're gonna go to water water fire and i just didn't know what it was yeah. and it was the first time it was about nine eight or nine years ago and it was also simultaneously it was the arts and ideas festival mm. so like i get out and we're pretty early into our relationship. I'm like, what the hell is this? And yeah. there's opera music blaring from the city. Then on, uh, it was in Kenny, uh, the skating rink had like a hip hop band and then a punk band played back to back. And we walked another a few thousand yards. And then there was the Rhode Island Philharmonic Orchestra performing. And I remember thinking, I'm in Gotham City. Yeah. And I'm like, but that's, and then and now you're a volunteer at Waterfire, much like my in-laws who yeah. are in their 60s and they uh, moved and needed to have uh, communication and a connection to life. So they volunteer at Waterfire. It's just like 
But there's people who live in Rhode Island who haven't been to water fire in I know. maybe ever. That's kind of a fascinating thing when I talk. Like, you know, um, hey, I'm going down to Warren. You know, I love Warren in Bristol area. Oh, it's um, so beautiful. I'm going to go down. Da, 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 da. Really? That's like 15 minutes away. Why would you do that? Like, <laughs> and I just crack up. I'm like, well, why wouldn't you? I mean, it's gorgeous down there. So it's it's an interesting. I'm I'm a newbie. I'm a little. I was just talking to someone, like I said earlier, you know, and I'm like, I know it's a little naive of me because I haven't been here that long. I have a lot to learn about so much at this state, let alone this region of the yeah. country. But for me, I feel like I'm a kid in a candy store. Yes. And that I'm going to ride that for as long as I can because yeah. I'm discovering, I'm meeting people that I never thought I would have an opportunity to meet. And there's an authenticity about this city that really appeals to me. And I, I just am I'm a big fan of Rhode Island. I'm a huge fan of Providence. And I just got started. So I'm super excited. And, and like I feel that way still in Newport. Because every yeah. time I go there, I'm like, I don't know enough about this. There's a wonderful podcast called, I don't know if you know, That Newport Show with Helena no. and Buck. They're, they're oh, the I think I have heard it. Yes, it's yes. The part of our Facebook, sweetest people. I was on it a while back. And they like, Right, they got like a, the tourism board to like mm-hmm. give them money and stuff. So they're just, but it made me discover Newport in a way. And I'm like, I live 50 minutes from it, and it's yeah. not like a distance thing. I just only know Newport for what it's known. Right. And like whenever I've gone there, and I'm like, oh my god, there's so much in I Newport. Know. And then we have Providence, and then we also have like, and once you get to like Westerly, Charlestown, mm-hmm. like I, my, I get to travel a lot for my job throughout the state, so I get to see all of it, which is so great. So there's days where I'll be in Burville and Westerly and mm-hmm. Narragansett or something like that, yeah. and you're like. It's so different. Yeah, it's, it's so really different. lovely. And I'm a hiker, and I had, a, for a variety of reasons, um, that was one of the reasons why I lived in Portland, Oregon, oh, okay. the hiking. I mean, I'd hike every weekend. It yeah, was amazing in the in the mountains yeah. and what have you, the coast. Um, and then for a variety of reasons, I kind of got away from that. And then in the last couple years, have returned to hiking. So when I got here, I'm like, oh, I want to hike. So I rallied up. My lady friends, I said, who likes to hike? You know, I'm creating a hiking club. <laughs> so going out and hiking, um, and ex- that's another marvelous way to explore the state. And then another thing, you know, food. Now, I'll have to say this. I do miss what food has become in Portland, Oregon. Mm. It is one hell of a foodie community there for a variety of reasons, farm to table, the the farmers markets are like the ones you see in movies i mean mm, just really yeah. knock your socks off and providence has you know marvelous food and uh, that that culture that food culture um and so i'm still exploring it but um i thought okay i want to explore so i created a a, a dining group called oh that's so smart dames who dine and it's how is that not a podcast uh, well, soon. There's okay, only good. so much I can do. <laughs> I know, right? That's the worst part about having so many ideas. <laughs> so I, in Portland, a friend of mine, Terry, created Dames Who Dine in Portland. So when I came here, I said, well, listen, I want to explore, I want to eat, and I want to build my community. So I'm like, hey, I'm going to do a Dames Who Dine in Providence. Are you cool with that? She's like, yeah, go for it. So shortly after I um, arrived here, I'm an out and about kind of person. So anytime I meet a gal, I say, hey, um, do you like to eat? Do you want to go out? Blah, blah, blah. So I have about 20 women on the list right now. Not all of us convene at the same time, but it's a great way to check out the restaurants Mm. and also people can cross-sectionally meet and make new friendships. So that's that. I'm a 
connector. I like bringing yeah. people together. Same here. And um, so that sort of serves all those purposes. So, I, yeah. I was in a pizza club like that here oh, where really? my friend uh, Joe, he's, it was called Providence Secret Society of Pizza where he picked a different restaurant and we all just went Is out. Is he still doing it? No, it oh. stopped. Maybe he should. But like, yeah. and it's funny now. Like, oh, yeah, all we need to do is make excuses to hang out. That's all adulthood is yeah. because it's yeah. very and lovely to go home and sit in your yeah. very warm, brand new couch I saw. <laughs> Which I relate because when we got our first yeah. new couch, I was like, yeah. I'm not doing I slept I on it for three months. And I, I loved it so much. I fell asleep on it last night. I uh, just like, ah, but um, no. And I, I, I have the same thing. I love food. And yeah. It's just so fun. I know. I felt like when I met you, like, like such a kindred spirit. You reminded mm-hmm. me so much of like the family. I come like my, my parents and like my my aunts. And that's you, so kind of you to say that. So, really weird. You're not Unitarian by any chance. I am right? Unitarian. Okay. That's why I come from Unitarians. Okay. Yeah. I'm a okay. member of Bell Street Chapel UU uh, Church over yeah. on Bell Street on oh, the yeah. other side of the river. Yeah. Of course, my grandparents were uh, West Hartford. Okay, and cool. I have to say, when both of them now have passed, yeah. um, I have to, so both of all my, around the same time, I had my mom's side and my dad's side passed, and, and yeah. I love I'm very close to all my grandparents. Mm. And so my grandma T passed. Uh, she was at a or again, my grandpa Joe was at a Catholic church, the same church. Very, they're assholes. Let's be honest. Like <laughs> the they were. I remember them arguing about the eulogy's length and oh, who could read what. Yeah, blah, blah. All yeah, it was just yeah, a horrible experience. Yeah. Both my yeah. grandparents Ellie and Peter had passed at the and, funeral. Was are you talking about the funeral? Yeah, thing? this is the, the funeral. The, like the, the priest would argue, oh don't fuck. even get me yeah. total assholes yeah sorry but um i'm not used to cursing on podcasts but my nana when she passed she was a devout catholic yeah. right we did not want to be anywhere near that church but it was because of her uh, yep. so we did a service and none of us could recite whatever you do whatever you do in catholic church <laughs> and we're sitting there and we're like you know just do your thing now the funeral car driver he could because he's catholic he could the priest would start glaring at mm-hmm. us and rolling his eyes because we weren't responding. It's like, dude, we're not Catholic. The lady right there is, you know, yeah. get with the program. Anyway, that's my Oh, idea. yeah. The, the priest was fighting with my cousin about a reading and then giving my mom shit about how long the eulogy for her oh, mother, who just, all, you know, typical stuff that Now, not all Catholic, Catholic priests are assholes. I just But a lot say of them that. are pedophiles. But, but a lot of them are. Yeah. And all, not all Catholics are assholes. Oh, absolutely. I not. have some lovely. Long-time childhood friends who are Catholics, and they're like the epitome of oh, oh yeah, lovely. I, I was saying that thing about the priest being pedophiles is yeah. a joke, and I was like, the, oh, no. the, the more we <laughs> say that jokingly, joke. that's less and less funny. It's yeah. not. I think it's a Catholic, joke, and but, unfortunately, but, except so with my grandparents on my other, my yeah. father's side, uh, when they passed at the Unitarian Church, uh, it was. For before the funeral starts, the minister, yep. minister comes minister, in. Yeah. We all held hands and had a moment of silence. And mm-hmm. if we chose to pray, we could. Uh, then anyone, anyone can get up and say a few words. And then the family outside went outside. And we, I'm going to cry. It was so yeah. beautiful. We buried their ashes in the tree at their church with mm. the minister. And the minister, who knew them personally, in tears, like hugging. And it was just like the most yeah. like um, – we always say we're going to go to a Unitarian church and we just never have. Well, I hope – I said something to your wife about Bell Street. Important. So I you, think you I know. would like that. Yeah. Especially because I would have like – because like, I don't like the religious part, but mm-hmm. I love people and stuff. That's when I – you know, I – this is my first – church membership. I'm not a big religious person yeah. um, at all. And I did some UU in Portland. It was too big for me. But when I was came here, I had a, a unity church I went to in Portland, which was a lot of woo-woo, metaphysical, very uplifting. Um, and I wanted to find that community here. And I did, quote unquote, church shopping, if you will, yeah. and accidentally almost literally stumbled upon Touch Bell Street be. Chapel. And yeah. so I'm like, what's up with this? And I went, I'm like, okay, if if someone says hello to me, then this is cool. And but if they don't, I'm out of here. Yeah. You know, and 
but they before the thing started, someone came over from the other side of the place. Hey, my name's Cindy. What's your name? I'm like, oh my, these are my people. And yeah. so it's a small, like 20, 25 people. Yeah. And I volunteer with um, uh, other another member, Christine, to manage facility rentals. We also coordinate the coffee hour after the service. And my dad's favorite part. Yes. And <laughs> welcome. Oh, I don't recognize you. Who are you? Yeah. You know, um, we more and more of that in this world. Yeah. It's really, I would encourage anyone, Bell Street Chapel, it's, you know, they do talk about Jesus in some sense, and there's hymns sometimes, but really it's about the sense of community and gathering yeah. and um, we have a minister Paul um, he says it part-time and he's leading discussions on the um, book about white privilege I'm the afraid. Tim Wise book it was a woman author. I can't think of the name. It just went out I'm of sure my there's head. Probably a bunch, but, oh, that sounds interesting. Why it's so hard to talk about yeah. white privilege or whatever. But, um, you know, talking about hard things, there's spaces for that. Learning. I've learned so much. Yeah. And I just love my community. It there. makes so much sense that I heard you. I'm like, that's like, because when I first met you, yeah. I felt this instant pull. I was like, she's oh. like, you remember me a lot of my father, my dad. And, uh-huh. and he's also, he has, I don't know if I ever say this on the show. He actually has a radio show. He has a college radio show at Wesleyan. Oh, my gosh. For, he's been doing it for about a decade. And then my Aunt Barbara is a uh, potter. Okay, and, but uh, but her she lives in Indiana, but her kids live in Portland, oh. and her little grandson, my cousin Sarah's son, uh, Nico, is in an episode of Portlandia. Oh, oh my God! Yeah. I, okay, I'll, little. The, so if you watch Portlandia, you might think that's a comedy, but that's literally what Portland's like. I mean, it isn't like. a stretch. I mean, I'm not kidding yeah. you. They yeah. name their chickens. Um, they, you know, I mean, just. Watch a few episodes if you haven't yeah, seen it. Yeah, I know. It. I've seen it. Like, I'm talking like Andy and Sarah about it. They're like, yeah, it's pretty accurate. It's and pretty accurate. I think now it's her, at the time, but now it's not her ex. Like, her butt husband was in like a metal band that then took off at like he was like 40. And all of a sudden the band became, and then like, it was just so, like, yeah. I think she's like a musician and like a potter and he works at ad agents. Yeah. But they're very much those people. And, but see, that's the thing about it with Portland, Oregon, is that one of the things that appealed to me was the, if you move there, had the ability to move and move there. If you wanted to be a vice president of Nike, mm. and that's your career trajectory, okay. Or if you wanted to be a potter, poet, and barista, you could share a house, a beautiful home, oh. afford it with six other people. Yeah. You could do that too. Um, now, I'm not saying, you know, it's not picture perfect. There's a lot of issues. And I'm saying that from a middle-aged white woman's perspective. But my point being, from that perspective, there was a lot of opportunity. And that's really not the case anymore. Uh, can you? And you can't point to anywhere without problems. So it's just, yeah. I mean, that's right. just inevitable. Yeah. It's how you want to look at it, right? Yeah. You know, and, you know, there's a lot of work to do in the world, but there's also things to celebrate. When you were doing Arctic like PDX, PDX? I started Arctic PDX in Portland a long time and ago. Because eventually, is this now when you're doing Arclectic New England, is this the same feed or you're just kind of like a rebrand or is it kind of like their it cousins was, in a way? They're, it's sort of a riff off of that. So um, I had a career in um, non-commercial radio. Okay. So KBU Community Radio, um, there's no longer there KZME Radio, and that's where I ran it. as I was station manager, fundraiser, volunteer coordinator, on-air DJ with, you know, recruiting like 100 oh volunteers. It was one of my favorite jobs. <laughs> it sounds like so much work. Oh, it was so much fun. But um, I got to hang out with really cute band guys because we In our Portland. whole thing was, you know, oh, wait, so you indie know, music. Um, uh, there's two. The, my cousin my cousin Sarah played in a band called Unwound. I don't know if they would have mm, ever made through. Mm. They're kind of weird, like Sonic Youth noisy. And no. My cousin 
or now like her husband now ex I was in a band called Red Fang that might have been the oh, one. I know Red Fang so I that think that was my cousin Sarah's husband they, oh like, my gosh they're the ones that like blew up yeah when he was like he was, I think he was honestly he was like a biochemist or a scientist and then at like age 40 would like literally yeah. like I would see these I have flyers for like Leeds and Reading Fest and over uh-huh. they're really famous overseas or famous successful a overseas. lot of bands in Portland are super famous in um, Japan com- or yeah. Europe and they live in Portland like yeah. the band Yacht Yes. Okay. Super huge yeah. outside of the United States. I mean, like headlining festivals of like fifty thousand, and then they come back to the states and they played the Palladium, or yeah. But they did do Letterman. That yeah. was pretty fucking yeah. cool. Yeah. So the yeah the music that was one of the things I love there. And so I when I did that radio station, um, I said, okay, we're gonna have a space for local Portland indie music and arts oh and culture. God. So I created a show called Art Eclectic PDX. So. Very similar format of an audio zine, if you will, interview, calendar, other stuff. And so when I moved here, I said, you know what? I want to do some podcasting. And I'm like, one of the things I love about what I've heard about Providence, Rhode Island and New England as a whole was the arts and culture. Um, And I thought, okay, there might be this great opportunity as I discover and as I explore to do a podcast about this part of the community. So I waited to get a little settled <laughs> I uh, when I moved here. Um, and then I launched it, I guess, in March, I think. And it's great, by the way, people. Aww, I thank absolutely you. love it. I love that um, it's clearly you put a lot of work into it because I have a hard enough time booking one guest for an hour, but you're taking like three or four different. Oh I, I was thinking with the logistics of like, yeah. I was like when I was on years of did the seven and seven, uh-huh. which was so great. And but I was like, oh my god, she had to do all the work just to get me there for seven minutes. Then you had to have three other sections with three other guests for yeah. one episode. I got almost passed out of just thinking about it. So I would go back to my time as news director at KBU. Yeah. It's like it's the logistics, working with volunteers, the moving pieces, the last minute thing you didn't expect, blah 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 blah. And that's helped me to a certain degree with this podcast. But I keep thinking, oh, wait a minute. This is not radio. It's not like I'm on every Wednesday. So I have to shift my paradigm Mm. a little bit and say, well, do batch production, you know. So in 2020, my hope, fingers crossed, is that right now I do about an hour or hour plus once a month. And it is an audio zine where I do interviews. There's also uh, Anita Kraken stuff who does what I call novelty interviews. She is so funny. I thought it was a joke. I thought that was like, you know how sometimes artists... Hashtag love her. Yeah. Like her last name is Kraken stuff. (laughs) She's a hoot. I've not seen her ever out of character. Ever. Wow. Or talk to her. She's a kook. I love you, Anita Kraken stuff. And then um, Maureen Taylor of Old PVD and Photo Detective. She just started and will be doing a history segment uh, for uh, Providence. And then um, Jenny Courier. um, She is a club member. And I met her through, I think, YCDIA. Am I getting that? Is it over here somewhere? Yeah, yeah. you could do it. Do it. Yes. uh, With uh, JP and oh god, why am I? They interviewed her. I'm like, I I need to meet her. And so she is hopefully going to do maybe a food segment. Yeah. And then um, I always feature local music. So the musicians I've reached out to have been really generous. I say, hey, I do a podcast. So you'll always hear New England musicians Mm. um, close out the show. Please hook me up. And if you're a musician um i'm sure there'll be links in the show notes i would love to build up a catalog of local music um but 
I love it. So my goal is in 2020, I'm putting it out in the universe, is that I want to reframe how I put it together. So I do a weekly show that is not as comprehensive as what I'm doing. But Mm. the first three weeks, if you will, will be just strictly interview. And then the last show of the month will be a broader, bigger show like what I'm doing now. So. It's just shifting around how I do things. Like as a, as a Kate who does how to be a better person, like her, yes, like that's the format could work too, like that short daily. But I also, yes, I was talking to her. I was like, that sounds like a lot of work. Yeah, but also I'm like, oh, but you also have a that's you know she's good at it. Like, yeah, know? so she, I think she comes in. She records all her segments. I don't know. Does she edit it? She might have someone help her. I don't know. I don't, I don't know exactly. Don't know. But it is you know just getting your brain around it. Like okay, and it, if you have guests or other content it's not just you then it's you know trying to navigate production schedules because people have very full lives so but i love it and if i could do it full time and pay my rent i would love to do that and you actually live in uh, my old neighborhood as well yes west end armory i had no idea how hip it was well victoria had been living there way before i had there, and then by the time i got there it was already being gentrified yeah i think it gotten more gentrified it is but I have to say, at least when I lived there, and it seems to be the case now, yeah. like some friends who still live over there. Because I love one of the great things I love is like it's not only do they like put a farmers market in there, they also have things where they include like uh, with a farmers market in our state. If you have SNAP benefits, mm-hmm. you can get a reduced thing. So there actually are a lot of mixture of cultures. I mean, maybe it's, I maybe um, I'm too. I'm a newcomer, but I have to say, yeah. the first time I arrived, I walk around Dexter Training Park, yeah. you know, for my daily um, activity or whatever. Um, and the first week I was here, I'm like, oh, I'm gonna go take a walk by the park, and walking around, and I at that time, you know, it was like the one white face that yeah, you know absolutely. white person and i'm like oh my well, that, gosh you know, the beautiful Hmong church when they're playing volleyball yes on uh, yes yeah, i love Bachi. that and it's great um that's one of the things i another thing i love about providence Me um too. but it is interesting you know i've been there a year and just watching this shifting and the changes and um kind of cool but it'll be interesting to see how it changes the whole neighborhood as a yeah. whole because um I know, like, Johnson & Wales is buying a lot of property over there. Yeah. What ever happens when there's gentrification, we all like to blame the people who move in. But in all reality, it's the, the big. It's your city council, it's corporations, and, like, real estate. Like, those are the invisible forces that who, who make those yeah. moves. It's like yeah. the hipsters are just renting where they can afford. Yeah. It's the landlord who bumped out the person who's been there for 50 years and yeah. then to, yeah. to the young white people, essentially. It's a huge conversation. And kind of circling back to Bell Street Chapel, yeah. you know, I'm hoping that we as a that community, can have space for that kind of conversation. Not that we're planning on fixing anything, but I mean, it's just one of those things like it'll never get solved in one or one million conversations, but you just always need to talk about it. And I went to the Southside Cultural Center, which is not too far from where I live. I live over there too. Okay. And um, I love that center. Um, They're doing amazing work. And so they offer a lot of free stuff. So it was a great way as a newcomer, like, oh, what's going on over here? And I'll meet neighbors, blah, blah, blah. And I remember I went for a Juneteenth um, celebration, dinner and um, performance, and sat at a table with some uh, gals, women, and they had been long, long, long time friends, and they grew up in Providence. And so we were talking about the sense of place and um, how it's changed where big freeways are intentionally put into cities to mm-hmm. s- separate and right. divide communities. Yeah. And they said, yeah, and when we grew up in our neighborhood, it was everyone and everyone played with everyone and da 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 da. And then not I 95. 
went right down the middle of it. That's a story and then for it was the whole country. Us or yeah. and them, you know? Yeah. And so it's an issue, okay, well we can't dismantle the freeway. Not again. Right. Um, but how can we talk about like, okay, that was not cool and you know, how do we figure out how to reconvene and reconnect with one another? Yeah. I'm really curious about that. Yeah, I do too. I maybe I just I love the I just love the armory so much. Because mm. like one day I would be, I remember going there it's like I, I have a funny anecdote. When I was moving, I was moving there. A good friend of mine, I'll, I'll leave his name out, but we were going. He was helping me move my bed from Connecticut to, to Rhode Island uh, for Providence. And I was living and when I first moved to the armory and we went to go smoke um, like a, I think we were going to smoke like a blunt down at the park or something. Uh-huh. Like, literally, like, we're, we're be, I'm, I'm only saying this not to brag yeah. because we were being bad. Yeah. And um, so my friend, he's from a very wealthy white part of uh, a very like the Gold Coast of Connecticut. And he's a wonderful human being. So this isn't to disparage him. It's just yeah. how things affect you in a subconscious level. We get there again. Remind you, we're there to smoke pot. We're we're the bad ones. And there's a group of like a black, a big group of like black teenagers. Uh-huh. And they're like circling and like getting like louder and louder. And I can kind of, he's also an anxious person. So this yeah. is partially a little bit written. Like, he's getting like nervous. And I'm like, dude, it's OK. It's like it's a public park, whatever. Yeah. And you hear break. They turn around. Boys and Girls Club of America. These young black teens are at the park to do a park cleanup. And we are there coming into their neighborhood to break to do drugs and break the law. And, but it's just the dichotomy of like, I mean, I can spend hours of, like yeah. how, of how you view people and stuff like that. Assumptions. But, and, and, and yeah. assumptions. And I don't yeah. even want to put that particular person on blast by any means. Because right. I know I know what's in their heart and that isn't it. Right. But it was just so interesting to think about that. I was like, huh. But I know plenty of people who have zero experience in urban areas and would go through that and with driving by like, oh, that's definitely a gang. Everyone's going to get murdered. Mm. In reality, it's like these people are doing a community volunteer service. Yeah. There's so much we don't know. There's yeah. so many things we assume. I was the law-breaking bad person that a cop would fly. I would get driven by and get a wave to. Right, right. And I'm like. As I'm you're bringing the joint up to your mouth. Not even. Yeah. yeah. Literally breaking the law in front of you, officer. And yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Like, but I loved it because I remember when Woody, uh, they were filming that Woody Allen movie. I uh-huh. saw Emma Stone a couple times. Uh-huh. But I also like too because it would be like that. And then there would be a big uh, event for like lower the murder rate in Providence. Mm-hmm. And then they would have concerts. And there's yeah. always the bocce. And. You would just go it's hang great out the park. park. And they, they're they really investing in the park. And yeah, really um, done WBNA oh, they've done such is doing some work. great work over there. And I think, you know, nothing's perfect. Nothing is perfect. But again, it always goes back to, okay, well, it's not going to be fixed. It's not. I mean, we always just have to keep doing the work. And I don't even know what that means. But I think it begins with getting to know your neighbors and talking with people. I mean, I'm super friendly. Okay, I'm an extrovert. I own it. I'm okay with that. And I love talking to people. I mean, I was uh, had some appointments this morning and I'm walking out and there was this gal. She had this great pink coat. Pink's my color now because I have a pink couch now. But in any event, I'm like, oh my God, I love your pink coat. She's like, thanks. I said, I just got a pink couch yesterday. So we just started talking yeah. about pink and blah, blah, blah. Now, is that going to end world hunger or, you know, whatever? No. But if we just feel cross that line a little bit to be I'm just going to talk to this person I don't know and have a little exchange because you just you know because the devices back it's funny how full circle social media which using it for good is great but the other things of getting um, disconnected from each other you know what publication is surprisingly woke is uh, teen vogue uh, they write a lot about for what the young, because I'm like, what are the Gen X is going to have to deal with? Yeah. And the, all the conversations of that era is, of those generations, those like publications are constantly run articles about isolation. Yeah. And it's something I think people my age and above need to also go in. So, and like, 
I, in my, in my field, we, we have a saying that recovery doesn't happen in isolation mm-hmm. and I, and that's exactly what it is. I think now more than ever. And I think you're living into the example without even knowing you're doing it. You got to get out there. You got to volunteer. You got to get committed. You need to force a structure into your life to connect you to someone and, and start with people with common interests. Yeah, yeah. You know, like I, we, we didn't solve anything today, but now we have had a, 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 a great conversation, a great conversation. You yeah. get to connect with another human being. Yeah. Ran into people I've seen here a couple of times. And like, I get to feel like a part of that community. And, every, and just from walking from here to my car, I heard languages that were my language. I've just Yeah. Existed. It's being open to it and aware of it and being brave. Yeah, you know? I guess tolerant. When they say tolerance, is you don't have to like everything, but you can't hate it. Yeah. Like, you know, I don't, like, I personally, like, I, I, I'm, like, very open. Like, I don't like drag queens. Yeah. And that's okay, right? That's right. I don't. No I don't. heels and no glitter for you, my friend. Yeah, not going to do. I, I'm never going to hurt someone. I'm never yeah. going to try to outlaw it. Yeah. Uh, literally, it will never even come up in my daily thoughts yeah. or life at all. Yeah. And I don't, but I will gladly accept that lifestyle and people doing yeah. it. And no problem there. And I love, and this is a very easy way to say this, you know, that we have a space. I'm generalizing to be able to have different of opinions. Like, yeah. for instance, um, there was some folks who hang out at my park, and it's some church. I won't name names, but they sit there because they want to prophetize or whatever. They want to share information, so you'll... Oh, yeah, yeah. Right? And I, I saw them today, and I'm like, okay, that's not my thing. That's not my jam. But you know what? I really admire them because they're here because they believe in that. Yes. And they're allowed to do that. And they're not harassing anyone. And they're not harassing anyone. And if I wanted to, I could talk with them and have an interesting or not interesting conversation. Absolutely. But that's not my thing. But I am really – It's it, it, it fills my heart that people can are passionate about things that are their jams and that they're really interested in doing X, Y, or Z. And, hey, you want to talk about it or not, you know? And Because yeah. I'm all about learning, too. That's, Absolutely. Oh, that's a huge thing. Because I am, as I get older, I'm becoming more and more self-aware that I don't know it all. <laughs> yeah, and I'm yeah. a lesson I've been learning, trying to learn for myself is like not ignoring uh, good advice. My good past guest slash good friend Nikolai, uh, who was just on well most recent episode, uh, two two episodes ago, uh-huh. I would always say uh, she, I would always say don't ignore good uh, good advice from people you don't like. Because I really don't like that woo-woo Gwyneth Paltrow world is always a big shut-off for me. Like, I, I just, I just... No whatever. goop for you. Yeah. And, but there are some things within that world, which ended up on, long story short, ended up being EDMR therapy that mm-hmm. changed my life for the better. So there are... Can you remind me what that acronym stands so for? So it's um, Eye Desensitization Movement Reprocessing. Oh. Um, I could talk about seven hours if you ever have any interest in it. It is That's... fascinating. Okay. Essentially, it's very close to uh, hypnosis okay. or... Um, uh, hypnosis, meditation, okay. or hallucinate. If you ever hear microdosing, uh, I've heard of that. Yes, it's kind of. It all affects the same part of the brain. It's okay. basically all working through the subconscious. Okay, and it's basically which is huge. It's dreams. It's yeah. basically you get put in a lucid dream, and it's really great for trauma victims. But I'll, oh, I'll spend you the time because I know we have to wrap it up. Yeah, and I have to be somewhere at one. Okay, <laughs> same here. I have about a clock too. Um, but full so day. We, I, we definitely have to do this again. I would I love like it. I Thank you. At least five hours. Thank you so much for doing what you're doing in the world thank you for your kind words right back at you it's such a pleasure to know you and your wife one of these days i'll meet that baby oh yeah Um, i wonder how she would do here i know gosh i bet she'd have some great wisdom you should probably have her in here and interview her I have thought about yeah, that. Yeah. Um, out of the mouths of babes is it's pretty so cool. Cute. I have recordings. I have a 15-year-old daughter, and I have recordings when she was three, and I would take her into KBOO Community Radio, Aww. and I still have it. And just to listen to that, it's just, oh, 
so amazing. But thank you. This has been yeah. such a treat, and I would love to come back and talk with Absolutely. you. And a shout out to our buds here at What Cheer Writers Club the for having greatest. this great space. What a party! That I'm sorry you missed our anniversary I party. Know, oh my so god. Sad. Well, they're here to stay. So um, anyone who's oh, so where can people find you online? Oh yes. Yeah, so uh, plug your podcast. Plug yes. Your pages. So um. My podcast is on SoundCloud. So if you go to SoundCloud and look for Artclectic New England, which is a mouthful, so I'm sure you'll have the show links, which is probably the best way. And I do have a blog, which I do intermittent posts on um, Blogger. Um, My next step next year is to have actually a website to hold all Mm. this content right now. But um, And I do have a Facebook fan page, um, Artclectic. Uh, New England, but I would just say check the show notes. You have a good Instagram as well. I do. That is my personal. Oh, that is? That the one that we're friends. Yeah, so I'm thinking about that. I think I'll probably keep that personal. I do have an Arclectic Instagram, but I haven't been putting content on that, so I have to be a little bit thoughtful about to do that. So, um, So, yeah, that's probably the best thing is to look at the show notes and then click on that. And then every um, show episode has my email address, which is arclecticne at gmail.com. And several uh, events around the city of Providence, according to the Internet. Yes. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, so if you're an artist, um, uh, work for an arts organization, culture, food, anything, lifestyle, whatever, and you're interested in being – connected with me. I want to do um, more uh, blogging with people because I don't have the bandwidth for podcasting to have everyone and their mother on yeah, of course. yet. So that is something I'm going to be de- developing over the next couple of months to at least have an online presence of really sharing out interviews Wonderful. in that way. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you.